<laughs> I was like looking at you thinking that you were going to talk first. Intense eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> too much. It was just too much. We out here. No, we we out here as usual in St. Helena, California. St. Helena. Uh, my name is Emily. This is Stuart. And this is the seventh episode of the Rock and Roll Review. Yay! We've done uh, seven episodes. And the cool thing is, is every single time we do it, it's getting bigger and bigger. Well, not really that big, but... God, we're we, so huge. Yeah. W- our, well, over this last week, we had more downloads on our podcast than like the whole three weeks before that. So we, we've only been doing it a month now. I think yeah. that we're coming up on our month anniversary here. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting to see it kind of snowball, and hopefully it continues to go that way. But we've been trying to find ways to like get the podcast to different audiences other than our mom and stuff. So I think mom downloaded it 159 times. I think oh that's where that shit. number came from. Yeah. I know She's just it's a it conspiracy. <laughs> well, if only she'd give us 159 five star reviews on iTunes. That'd be nice. I know. Yeah, if I can't figure out how to give a review on iTunes, I don't think mom can. So, but I'll work on it. Yeah, we need your we need your vote, Sam. Yay! All right, I'll do it. But um, yeah. So we're out here. Um, I have my child size microphone <laughs> yeah, I stand. I uh, went to Guitar <laughs> Center. She's like, "I'll give you the money for a guitar stand." So uh, microphone naturally, stand. Yeah, sorry, microphone, a microphone stand. stand. Naturally, I bought her like this tiny one that's made for amps i think but neither of us I've realized yeah, it so i was just like it unfolding it and untwisting right. it and like pulling all the limbs out of it and i was just like i can't figure this thing out i was like it's only like four too feet scared tall. to ask for help because you don't want to look like a total idiot You're i was like, definitely too scared um, to ask for help. <laughs> i was like no that happened to me the other day I, I was teaching well i wasn't really teaching i was like helping anna set up an event for her uh lesson studio right. and it's like a show that all the kids put on yeah. And um, there was like so this hi hat that I was trying to figure out. And I'm like, am I this stupid? Like <laughs> it wouldn't work. And like I'm looking at all these guys I've been like musician friends with for like literally 15 years. And, it, and <laughs> I'm like scared to look them in the eye to be like, can someone help um, me with this hat? <laughs> so is this right or am I just totally wrong on this? Aww. Anyways, it was a good time. We saw a lot of really talented kids. Uh, this one like uh, seven year old girl played Breaking the Law by Iron Maiden, and That's she was actually good. You thing. know that riff? Dude, she was ripping on it. Did and, she uh, sing it? She sang it too and played guitar. Damn, and, um, seven years old. Yeah, and Anna what? was like, "Do you want to do a backup vocal with it?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" So I was like in the background, and I was like, "Breaking the Law." No. <laughs> God, there needs to be a video of this that I need to see. I know. I couldn't. I was like, I had this huge like Joker grin on my face the whole time. <laughs> it was just so patently ridiculous. That's really but cool. But it was great. I mean, these kids are, it's, it's awesome to watch them learn, especially in this generation where you can like click on YouTube and like learn anything and have a teacher right in front of you. I think kids are really utilizing that now. So I think kids That's like, good. They're, if they really care, their growth as a musician is like en- exponentially faster than it would have been for for me or for you oh, yeah. growing up. Well, we, I mean, we didn't really, when did YouTube come in? Like when we were <sighs> in high school or later? So when we wanted to learn a song, it's like, or what, sorry, when you were playing yeah. guitar more and you wanted and to learn 14, a song. So this was 16, no, 17 years ago. You'd have to like figure it, just figure it out by no, ear. No, you could no. Google I, the chords. I like had how did a, it work? a little bit of Googling uh, yeah. on like, we had like, I think ultimate tab or something like that back then. But what I had to do was, uh, find VHS tapes of artists and watch the VHS and kind of just watch how their hands moved and kind of uh, like figure it out from there and yeah. with the help of tabs. So it was like two pieces of the puzzle 
put together. Yeah. You have the visual of the artist, and then you have whatever dude wrote the tab, like, fill it in there. Oh, and sometimes they change it, too. Yeah. I've definitely looked up, like, guitar chords and, like, started playing it along with the recording, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, this is so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this is this just guy so, is wrong. so wrong. This guy just winged it, and it's all wrong. Or my favorite is when... uh. You Google lyrics and the lyrics are just completely wrong. Well, that's my like, life. What? That's that's like what I hear and then I say them. I think I said them to you on this. Oh, smooth transition or transition here. <laughs> this uh, Damien the Chains thing. I thought one of his lyrics was. Uh, can you do you remember what it was? It was a. Uh, no. It was something about burn. <laughs> I thought it was like being sunburned or something like that. Burning. Oh. <laughs> burn oh um you thought it was something that made no sense and i was like i think it's being oh you thought it was being like something by the sun and i was like i think he's saying burned by the sun what did you think it was i think it's gonna oh i thought me. it was browned by the sun yeah like you're like tan. you're like it's such a cool I'm lyric like, such a cool lyric man he's and saying you're like, i'm being browned by the sun and i like i like i was like what and then we rewound it and i was like i think he's saying i like burned. doubled down i was like no it's brown <laughs> For sure, it's honestly. Brown. It could be either one. We listened to it six or seven times, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. It could be either no, one. No, it's, it's burned. I was like, damn it! Like the first, like the second time well, I heard it. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's the thing that doesn't make sense. Like you know that M Ward song, um, where he says, "When you left your heart in the pouring rain," and he says like he mixes the word pouring, pouring and boiling. You, I've listened to it a thousand times. He's saying boiling. Yeah. I yeah. promise you. And it's just like, oh, he's doing the thing that doesn't make sense. So maybe maybe Davey's doing that too. Yeah, well, C.W. Stone King does that a lot. But he just, I she don't know like if the he weird means to mess up the word or not, but it, I think the word is apothecary. It's like, uh, yeah. oh, no, it's like uh, yeah. I don't even know the definition. What like is a that? medicine it's like, Yeah, it's like place? a medicine shop. Yeah. And he says apothecary. That's cute. In the song. And that's I think that's kind of cool. And I, I think he does it on purpose. Like, I really do think he does it on purpose. So. I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Davey and the Chains. Davey uh, and the Chains. This guy is a, a really cool kind of, um, I, I don't want to call it new wave because that's a little bit different. But it, it, ha it has like this uh, effects driven dance feel a little bit to it. Yeah. Which is, I guess, a little new wavy. Yeah. Um, I found him from uh, a Dr. Dog like instagram story they were like davy and the chains new album coming out oh see that's like, why you shout out yeah. people on your instagram oh, we try to do that with our with our friends oh we too. always try to do that it's i great. you know it's funny because you you told me about davy and the chains i started listening to him a lot and then later you mentioned how you found him through dr jog and i was like Oh yeah, they're well, we're similar genre. Yeah, we're huge. Doc if Dog you could fans. even, and put they're both from Philly. So oh, if you could even put Davy and the Chains in a genre, because I was listening to he has three albums available on Spotify, and I was listening yeah. to all of and those. That's our go-to. Like I was listening platform. to all of those all day long at work. So like I just had eight hours of Davy and the Chains in my head, and um, he has a lot of different sounds. Yeah, like I wanted to think about words to describe him, and I was like the word experimental kept coming to mind, but I always think that that's a throwaway word like indie. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is indie music? You know, what is yeah. experimental music? And for him, it's like, he's really, I, and I'm, I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but he's not, it doesn't feel like he's trying to hit a specific genre. It feels like he's having fun with certain songs and some of them can sound completely different than other songs that he does. You know, there doesn't, yeah. he's, he's really, it feels like he's experimenting and just being like, now I want to write a song like this and I want to play around with these effects. And, and so he, what happens is it's really eclectic kind of, um, uh, can't, uh, 
Uh, are you saying canvas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> doing a lot of hand gestures right yeah, now. Um, um, there's just, uh, he has a lot of different sounds that he's yeah. doing in just three albums. And they're all relatively short. They're like 10 songs each, which is my favorite album length. Like yeah. 10 songs, boom, that's all you need. Well, one of my favorite things about starting this podcast, because we've had, we've had a lot of unforeseen things happen from this that that's really cool. One is we, as we said before, we kind of reached that um, crossroads where we're like, oh shit, we're going to have to email every single artist we do this and get their approval so that they can, so we're we not play copyright infringing them. Yeah. And, and I mean, it wouldn't know. be the end of the world to have a podcast where you don't actually pay, play the music, you just reference it. Maybe it's a shorter you just talk about podcast, it. Yeah. but to me, like what I've always wanted to do is do like, it's not quite a radio show. It's a podcast with long form conversations, but it's also introducing um it's kind of like an npr meets uh i don't know joe rogan podcast where you like you're having a freeform conversation but you're also talking you have a subject you have a subject and um so what we came across is we actually have to get written permission from every artist to do their track to play their music or their management which is usually the case yeah yeah. and it's considered redistribution because it's a downloadable um product which has their music on it so, so it's st- copyright infringement if right. they don't give you permission. So Stuart, <laughs> Stuart hits me up with this information, and he's like, "I think we have to like email the bands and get their inf- their like permission." And I was like, "Oh, that's not gonna work." That was my yeah. first. That was my first. Yeah. I was like, "Absolutely not. That's not gonna work. They're not gonna yeah. get back to us. They're gonna be like, you guys are nobodies, and it's not a big deal." And then yeah. we start emailing like Liz Cooper and the Stampede's manager, and like CW Stone King's C- manager, CW Stone King's, yeah, yeah and um, the guy who we're doing next week, who I won't say yet. Um, and they just write us right back, and they're like, sounds cool. Yeah. Go for and it. that's one of the coolest <laughs> things that I was talking <laughs> about with, like, with oh. Davey and the Chains is I emailed them. I thought it was a them. It turns out that Davey and the Chains is kind of a solo recording project, which is we'll, – we'll get more into that later. But what's really cool about doing this podcast, and it was kind of an unforeseen – uh, I don't want to call it a benefit because that sounds self, you know, that sounds selfish. But it's for us, it's awesome. So yeah. I guess it is a benefit. Um, yeah. An unforeseen benefit is that you get to communicate with these bands, and all of a sudden, they're you're in a dialogue with them, and you're talking to them, and you're yeah. getting to learn cool things. And what's cool about Davey, his name's David Ulrich. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying his name right. Uh, I know. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, is it Ulrich? <coughs> Ulrich? I'd I think you said Campbell, it right. Campbell, it's Ulrich, but I think uh, it's Ulrich. Yeah, could be Ulrich. So. It turns out he's a, he's more of a solo project, and yeah, which, and I and what's yeah. and I felt like a kindred spirit with him because I was like, shit, I used to do that. Like that's how Radio yeah. Keith started. Like me, just kind of yeah. doing everything. And, and you have a name for your solo project, yes, exactly. which I really like, as and opposed to just name. your name. Davy in the Chains is a fucking awesome. I love name. the nickname Davy for David. Yeah, that's just my favorite thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Davy uh, Crockett. There's a lot of good Davies out there in the music world. But yeah, so <laughs> I emailed old, old Davy, Davey. Uh, and he got back to me, and he was really, really accommodating. And I think it was in the middle of their tour when I a- ended up emailing him. So he wanted to. He was like, "Oh, I'll have more time, you know, to talk in a little right. bit." So I ended up shooting him, you know, I didn't want to like totally sa- oversaturate him with questions and shit. Like, yeah, here's, you know, a laundry because when you're like answering questions, you especially via email, you have to type out like it's basically like taking a, a long form written like essay <laughs> test in, yeah, fucking, totally. in yeah. fucking college or and something. And you want you want to ask questions that are not really um, shallow, basic yeah. shit, you know, like because sometimes I'll read like when we covered the go, I was reading a lot of uh interviews with the go um 
that had been done probably like 10 years ago so they were kind of old but some of them i was like and i'm not trying to be critical here but i am whatever um some of them i'm just like they're interviewing bobby Har harlow and the questions are just like not good questions and i yeah. was like this is what i want to avoid like just d like kind of like basic well, like you're in middle school and you want to yeah. interview you know you're writing a paper about interviewing the president, like those type of questions <laughs> where it's just like, what's your favorite color? It's like, I really <laughs> want to avoid that. And like, Who's yeah. Who's paying you? <laughs> <laughs> How does this whole thing work? Um, but yeah, so, cause yeah, you wrote out the questions for him and, uh, and I, I was like, yeah, these are, I think these are, these are good. Cause you want questions that they can dig into a little bit. Yeah. You know, not just yes or no stuff. 100%. So so you did a good job. So I try to keep it like I would try to find like a nice happy medium between really asking way too much and like kind of asking more unique questions. Like you, you got to do a little bit of research before you just shoot off an email because right. if it's easily accessible online, like the answer to these questions, yeah. then it's a wa you're, wasting, it, their you're time. wasting their time and you're wasting yeah. your time too. There's yeah. no reason for you to ask that. So I asked him a, a few questions and he, you know, he got back to me and he wrote almost a paragraph for each one and talked about his life a little bit. So this was a really cool experience. Um, talking to Davey via email and um, he is one of the more underground artists that we've done so far. Um, it's like him and Christopher Denny are like probably the two most underground artists that we've done so far. And I really think that his first two albums, to me, are are a little are kind of uh, sketchbooky. And I, I don't try to say that in a you know condescending uh, way. Condescending way. Yeah. But he's experimenting with sounds, which is like cool. Like I said, yeah, and he's not, really... Yeah, he's experimenting with sounds, and he, he's yeah. experimenting with songwriting, he's experimenting. He's playing all the instruments. Uh, maybe he'll have a few guests here and there, but he's yeah. the one experimenting with these sounds. So these ones, um, the first... And I, I don't mean the first two albums. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what is it? Vamps, Ramps, and Boogie. Um, I gotta Google this real quick. Um... But yeah, well, what's what I thought was interesting, just my first hit when I first visited his Spotify page, I'm like, okay, yeah. he has an album, King of Pockets, great. Yeah, name, yeah, that, sorry. From 2014, and then he has two albums in 2018, and he addresses that. But yeah, and I asked him about that. I was like, yeah. how did you, I, I was like, so what's the story behind, you How do know, you have two Shimmy albums, yeah. And uh, Vamps, Ramps, and Boogie. Uh, is Such that, a good I keep name. Saying, yeah, it's a great you're, name, you're but saying I keep it right. it up. Vamp no, Vamps, Ramps, and Boogies. Yeah, oh, okay. you got it. Yeah, and and I asked him about it, and he and um, he was talking about how he felt that Shimmy was like his more polished pop tunes. Yeah, and, and I they are. and they totally are because they they have more. I mean, the most and I think he used the word pop too. Yeah, the most the most uh, obvious distinction between them is I think Shimmy has more vocals. Like the other two albums that he has, uh, there's a lot of instrumentals in them. Yeah, so there's I a lot of instrumentals, and then. Yeah, they're th and they're sh they're short songs too. They're yeah. like two minutes long. Yeah, they're kind of like little bursts of ideas, which I really love. And then yeah. they, but they're for how um, short time time wise they are, um, they seem full and they seem beginning, middle, end, which is really yeah. hard to accomplish. He says um, about those two albums. Those two albums are made from the same batch of songs. I like that way of thinking of it. It's like he was writing yes, a lot, yeah. like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Um, and then, so he had maybe 20 songs and he was like, the, these fit in this, you know, um, theme of this album and these fit in this album. And he described, yeah, the other album, the, now King, I'm going to screw of it up. <laughs> yeah, King of Pockets. I'm not trying to fuck it up more no, than once. No, Vamps, Rants, and Ramps. Boogies, he calls the B-sides. And I'm like, oh, they're I keep total B-sides. <laughs> Do I keep saying Ramps? Like... <laughs> 
Like he's a skateboarder. Did I just say ramps? I no, don't know I what think, I just said. Oh man. Vamps, ramps, and boogies. I think I'm saying ramps. I, I think I'm fucking up. Well, but <laughs> so let's bad. let's take like that name just just to pay attention to that name for a second because it's so good. It vamps. Good so you're vamping. Yeah. Rants, you're ranting. Yeah. And boogies. He used the word boogie a lot, and I think it's really cute well, because he's got to bring that he back. He has great boogie. He's got like a, a boogie feel to him. Yeah. Boogie what feel. I, this is what immediately drew me to him. Is the album's called Shimmy, so I assumed that it was going to have like a dance feel to it, and it totally does. And the thing about Shimmy that I love so much is it has this kind of uh, atmospheric. Yeah. Um, guitar feel to it which it kind of reminded me of the growlers a little bit like he, oh it's yeah some, it's and uh, the growlers is a band i'd love to do on this podcast but they're just too famous they're now way too famous yeah now. they didn't used to be but they're, oh, they're dude, huge now them so well deserved anyway well deserved <laughs> um this is what we do this yeah. is what we've always done and uh and it it sounds like a dance a dance pop a new wave growlers to me which is yeah is awesome because i love the growlers yeah. but i also love more like beat inspired music yeah and he talked about like uh sorry davy talked about how he would start a song with the beat of the song he said he would start a song playing drums which i thought yeah. was the coolest thing i've ever heard in my life i was like i how like that's that just really shows his musicianship um and sort of uh the spectrum of his musicianship if he can be this songwriter this guitar player um creating all those sounds but then yeah. he can just start a song playing just drums and just cut like i just imagine his mind is like flowering as he's playing the drums yeah. going oh and then i have a guitar doing this and then i have yeah it's a great way to put it it's a great way to put it yeah it's but if you think about it that's the root i when i write a song i don't start with drums so that's not in my heart where the where the root would be for me but like if you think of the root of a song it's 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 drums it's rhythm See, I, i'm v that yeah i think that's like the heartbeat um, it's the heartbeat of the yeah, song the thank you yeah um, the root is maybe more of an idea but yeah yeah i think it's the, it's heartbeat, the heartbeat it's the pulse you know and i do i actually do write with rhythm in mind a lot which is why most of my songs are in four four which is a, maybe a problem <laughs> like i've been no, thinking about I, that lately i'm uh, like fuck dude I especially write, watching yeah. roxy i'm like god damn it dude they like, had a lot doing, of different yeah yeah but but uh yeah this is a really like really great feel to all all of his songs on shimmy um and that's not to say the other two don't have a uh, great feel but this is by far his most polished um mainstream uh type album where you could show this to someone it's like a full-grown yeah. pop song that has great appeal to it yeah and shimmy shimmy is that album yeah uh, for him and and if he keeps um, on the same path that sh that he is with Shimmy, and he yeah. even you know, and as artists do, they grow and grow and get yeah. better and better. If he keeps doing what he did with Shimmy, like he he's got an incredible trajectory. It's such a cool kids album. Like it sounds yeah. really, uh, it sounds almost kind of laid back and beachy. Like yeah. uh, especially oh, totally. the first song that we're gonna play. Um, it's got like a. It's got like a little shuffle to it too, like that boogie. It's it's yeah. so many different sounds coming in, and I finally went. I should probably say this. It's later got those on, backup vocals too, where it's like, ooh, yeah, it has like that kind. Of, so that's what gives it like well, that he's Beach got, Boys kind of beachy vibe to it. To well, me. he's. I listened to his uh, artist playlist on Spotify, and he's got a ton of reggae on there. Oh, and yeah. I never would have like if I just listened to his album, I never would have been like, yeah, I think reggae is an influence of him. And then I <laughs> I listened to the yeah. reggae. It's old school reggae. It's like pre pre-Toots and the Maytels, pre-Bob, like old school. And it's uh, 
Well, I don't. Yeah, maybe. I don't. <laughs> anyway, it's um. I'm just. I. I didn't look at the year. Yeah. Um, but I think of like Toots and the Maytals as like that transition between like kind of a. Uh, like 50s toots. rock and soul weren't, moving weren't into reggae. Like, weren't Toots like Toots and Bob were like coming up at the same time and the, then Toots got arrested. They were in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, though, right? so there's yeah. their first album sounds like a almost like a Stax album or something. It's got a lot of like, not soul really, but like it's kind of transitioning into what reggae beca- becomes. But anyway, yeah. Davey, yeah. What I hear, want to know what I hear, no. and I don't know if this is true at all, but what I hear about reggae music, I I didn't music. plan on talking a lot about reggae, well, so well, I didn't research gonna, it. Yeah, I'm just going to interject. So if I'm wrong, No, 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 no. What I hear about it is the reason why it's so upbeat-driven, you know, dun dun because yeah. they had these transistor, well, that's not the right word, transistor radios. They had these FM radios in the islands that were picking up the rock and roll music from the states oh shit and the thing is i don't know if this is true but i like it uh, dude if it's not true (laughs) it's still a great story but they uh they didn't have bass they didn't get a lot of bass on their radios so they didn't hear the downbeats they only really heard the accents on the upbeat pickup yeah so that's why they started playing more on the upbeats than than rock and roll music which is on two and four yeah so i thought that was i mean i thought that was awesome to hear that little little uh story about uh reggae whether I hope or not that's it's true, true that's I the hope coolest true, thing i've yeah. ever heard i i um people can google it and tell us how stupid we are later people yeah be like oh my god like, their radios were great reggae. back then their radios were so great back then <laughs> you don't know anything about <laughs> reggae just stop no i i i, lo- I love toots and the maytel so um but he had some he had some old school reggae on that uh on that playlist um and i was and i was listening to it and i was like i was like yeah he he absolutely it's so fun to hear a band and fall in love with a band and then hear what their influences are and go, oh, yeah, there's a tiny vibe of that in your sound, too. And we've said it before. It's like when you start writing music, it's a Frankenstein of like all the stuff you love and have listened to your oh, whole yeah. life. It's like the way we learn how to speak a language, like the way we talk is is from learning how to talk by listening to other people talk our whole life. Why so people have accents. Yeah, that's why. That's yeah. ex- that's exactly why people yeah. have accents. And I feel so bad because I'm constantly having to stop myself from doing people's accents back at them because <laughs> it's just it's a weird. Emily, it's the worst. Don't do that. Just, I'm not. I don't do it. <laughs> but like our mom does that. It's hilarious. It's a lot of people do it and like but i've noticed about the thing about languages we're trying to like successfully communicate so like have you noticed that if you talk to somebody that talks really fast you talk faster if you talk to somebody that talks really quiet and they're like hey you talk quieter like you Uh really do i've noticed this because i've been in customer service forever and like i noticed it about myself i'm like these people are really loud and like boisterous and like fast talking and like and then i'll get that way too a little bit because you're it's just like imitating a language you're just trying to like get them to understand you better <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah it's I mean, some I animal pretty, shit i pretty really. much talk the same all the time like i just had a, but yeah a accents, serious concussion or something accents i i i just I, yeah it's it's almost like you're just trying to like speak with yeah. them better and you yeah anyway, anyway but I'll, let's I'll get, get off let's that, get to this first tune uh by davy and the chains um and i i love this one a lot it's off shimmy and it's called mercedes band Oh, my Mercedes-Benz Whoa. 
yeah so mercedes benz i that song um i really love the backup vocals but i just also really love the verses i think the most in that song for me I love the the verses and just how kind of carefree the lyrics are. Carefree, it's like a cool breeze. I think he starts with a what? Be, uh, be your baby driver tongue, with yeah, my Mercedes Yeah, it seems Mercedes almost tongue-in-cheek, though, because yeah. it's like Mercedes-Benz, if I'm being 100% honest, it's kind of like a, a douchey car. Like, it's always that car that cuts you off on the yeah, three. Yeah. Like, you're the guy who's more important, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, you that go ahead. goes back to my uh, <laughs> car accident, the guy that that brake checked me when I got in that car accident was uh, a Mercedes. So I've always been a little bit <laughs> slanted. So it, I think that that's, uh, for me, it kind of feels a little tongue-in-cheek talking about uh, a Mercedes-Benz because um, sometimes and people like to brag about their cars. Well, and and like this is, to me, it could be a little bit like a tongue-in-cheek approach from like, Oh, all this cool shit about my Mercedes Benz. You know, like yeah. I can be your driver. I'm doing yeah. all this. You know. Anyway, I I think Baby Driver. I just think of Simon and Garfunkel. Well, right? That Is movie. there anything else? I think that movie, Baby Driver, that it like just came out. Well, yeah, maybe a year I ago. actually. It's funny because I I googled it to see what I googled. I just googled Baby Driver to see what Simon and Garfunkel album that's on. And and, that uh, up, huh? and, and I'm like, what is this movie? Yeah. <laughs> I'm clearly very unhip, but it's a. Uh, it's I just. The first time I heard that lyric, I was like, oh, he's throwing it back to a little Simon and Garfunkel. Or maybe yeah. not. Or maybe he's talking about the movie. <laughs> I think it's the movie. Um, I could be totally wrong, but it always makes me think of Janis Joplin, too. Mercedes-Benz. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. You okay, yeah. so when you when you uh, messaged me today or whatever, we're using Google Hangouts, I think, and you were like, Google I want to play Hangout, the song. Google Hangout, shout out. Yeah, you were like, I want to play Mercedes-Benz first. And I was like, is it possible that he covers no, fucking Mercedes no Benz? And then I was like, no, 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 no. And I, I listened and I was like, no, this is totally its own yeah. thing. But yeah, it definitely, that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, yeah, yeah, I always think of Janice Joplin when that happens. Janice. That's but my go-to, uh, quick aside, that's my go-to when you guys are like tuning on stage or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me? Yeah, you you do a little tuning. Because I, not tuning. I'd rather you do a sing little, uh, sound check. <laughs> acapella shit. Yeah, uh, I'd rather do that than like just chat about like tell jokes. I remember when it, we first took a I first took a music class and they were like, when there's dead time on stage, the singer needs to fill it up. You know, telling jokes is great, and I'm like, that sounds in, at, in terrible. A Steve Sage class? Yeah, okay, but I yeah. I never liked the jokes plan. I was like, that's not a good plan. I don't yeah. want to tell jokes. He, yeah, Steve Sage, rest in peace. He he learned he taught us so much though. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good things. I mean, you gotta you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater like with with his teachings because there's so much good stuff and there were a few things where you're like okay bro but like i would say for the most part like he he molded so many people in our music community it's like it's it's awesome just the fact that his name came up right now is just is a testament he, he's it's just awesome so it's a, it's a tragedy too but uh yeah anyway i don't want to get hung up on that but yeah he i think he is right like the singer does need to fill up space like you can't just have a bunch of people standing on stage like tuning guitars like down 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 no down, i agree down. i think you should like, talk I, I, do, I was look. just talking about the jokes thing i don't yeah. i don't think jokes are the way to go but maybe for some people no, they are. i've never well, seen it work somebody, i mean we have we have some kind of colorful banter which 
Um, Banter's we're not, fine. We're not telling jokes, yeah, but telling we're jokes, like being, awful. you know, humorous or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Anyway. But anyway, um, in this um, Davy and the Chains interview that I did, uh, is I, I like loosely say interview because it was like an email conversation. But it's an um, email interview. Yeah, honestly, it's an email you, interview. you sent questions and he responded to those to those questions yeah. really beautifully. By the way, yeah. thanks, Davy. Really, really did a great job. And uh, we talked about his musical history a little bit. And uh, oh, I got so excited yeah, reading yeah. this because I'm a huge. <laughs> Glenn Miller fan. Yeah, Glenn Miller band. Emily is for real. I, I just adore it. Um, I have all their greatest hits vinyls. Like I, I, yeah. Anyway, I love Glenn Miller. So we, you asked what got you into music. That's a good. Yeah. That's a, a good opener question because it can you can go I anywhere like with to that. Hear what what got people into music? Because well, it's maybe a different it's, story for everyone. Yeah, and you say you know what what inspired you to to start playing music or what inspired you to write music. And uh, you could go in so many directions with that. You could talk about your influences. You could talk about who gave you your first guitar or whatever. He talks about um, my mom, her, his mom's a musician. Um, and then her parents both played in big bands, the Dorsey brothers, Glenn Miller orchestra and some others from that era. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. So I, Oh man, I wish I could interview his grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> See what that was like. I hear that Glenn Miller, um, and I love him, but I hear that he was a very like he's very rigid, like total stickler for like sound. Dude, I read his interview so wrong. I <laughs> I read my mom's a musician, and that was it. And then I was like, oh, she played in big bands like towards your brother. And no, I was like, she's I was gotta like, be young. Dude, his mom is so old. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is definitely his grandparents. Her parents. Oh my. And God. I was trying to find his mom. I was so I typed in. I'm such an idiot. I was like, okay, how do I find? Her, if she's a musician, I want to, you know, see if she has anything online. And so I Googled. You're like, Mrs. Chains, two chains. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Googled. Why does two chains keep popping? <laughs> I Googled uh, Ulrich musician and Lars Ulrich comes up from yeah, fucking what, of Metallica. Course, Metallica <laughs> and, I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to find anything. Like, I can't, I don't know her name, so I couldn't find her. But Mrs. Ulrich. <laughs> Mrs. Ulrich Chains. Lady Ulrich. Yeah, I couldn't. No I couldn't find her. Um. So, but you'd yeah. have to. I think what you'd have to do is like kind of go down the list of. Uh, and also, it, it, that's like, you don't know her maiden name, like that's the other thing too, right? That's true. Like I, I didn't change my name when I got married. Because it's her mom's parent, so it would be her maiden name. I was trying to find her because he. And yeah, then, it would be hard to find. And then her. from there, it'd be hard to find both of them. Well, both her parents played in big bands. Is so cool. Like I like to imagine that that's how they met. I don't know if that's true. I'm just imagining. Yeah. But how cool is that? Like yeah, th and then that makes sense if he's kind of around our age. Um, our grandparents would have been the same age. And the reason I listen to Glenn Miller is because we used to go to our grandma's house. Yep. And. Uh, she'd tell me to put something on and that was always um, like on the top. And I just put that on and I was like, this is great. Like K-A-L-A-M-A-Z-O. Oh, what a gal. Oh, the Kalamazoo. That was a terrible yeah, yeah. singing rendition. I promise no, I'm, I'm an actual it. singer. But um, I, well, I can't song, do the text. I love how that song has like just this long ass intro that is basically an entire song. Dude. And then it yep. goes into the like singing and then, part hey. of it. Yeah. Hey there, Tex, yeah, it's a great song. The big romance. Well, it's big band uh, time of year because we always is it Tex like Beneke? Is that his name, the trombone oh player? I th uh, that sounds like it. We true. were texting about my our brother, <laughs> my brother, my other brother. We were texting about that with Alex today because he was talking about what Christmas albums he got, and he said, "Oh, I love Tex Beneke," and I was like, "That's the guy in Glenn Miller, and he's a trombone player. He's very handsome." And there's videos of them doing like the girl from Kalamazoo. Here we go. It's it's my. 
oh, it's my favorite song. It is like from a songwriter perspective, it's such a well written song. Oh, totally. The whole thing is like playing with the letters, playing with the spelling of Kalamazoo. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and rhyming with it too. And it's text. Yeah. This is awesome. This video. Oh man, you got to see this. Here. Is that text? Yeah, that's him. Oh, well, that's Glenn Miller on the trombone. Also oh, play the trombone. Yeah. Rest in peace. Played by Jimmy Stewart in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. About Glenn Miller. Yeah. Although Jimmy Stewart plays him a lot friendlier than I. If anyone wants was. to watch this video back home, it's I've got a gal in Kalamazoo, and it's like a black and white video. It's got 1.8 million views. You know, one of these people could be uh, Davy and the Changes' grand grandparents. It could be. Could be. No lie. I'd love to hear that. No, it's true. I wish. <laughs> Let's bring him over here. He can point. It, it's a video of an entire band playing, so I'm sure that a uh, man. I you know I really want to see a concert like that. Like I guess the closest uh, you can get is like Michael Bublé or some shit. Now yeah, like I used to go to the symphony a lot in San Francisco, yeah. but that's not big band. That's no. strings and shit. It's uh, yeah. And what's so cool thinking about these guys back in the day? Big band is like if you think about all like the coolest musicians out now. It's like I don't know. Chris Stapleton, Gary Clark Jr., like Nathaniel Rateliff, at least in our world. Like, these are the coolest musicians, you know? And then you imagine them not being, like, necessarily these kinds of singers, but they're instrumentalists and they're in big bands, and then they sing also. Yeah. So, like, these big bands were all the most badass musicians of their era, but because it, it... they're the, the best context, of the best. Yeah, yeah, they're the best of the best. And the context yeah. is not like a four-piece Beatles-type band. Yeah. It's a, it's 30 a people. big band. Yeah. And then you have a guy who plays trombone and also sings. You have a guy yeah. who plays trumpet and also sings, like Louis yeah. Armstrong. Well, and they're you, all, like, back then it was like, if you're making a living as a musician, you really... I mean, I think now, too, maybe, but if you're going to be a professional trombone player, you've definitely taken singing classes. Not I, think, I think there was a much greater emphasis placed on the arts back in the day yeah oh look at like again art history major over here it's like you could go to um the salon and you know back in the 1800s and you could just go to paris and learn how to be an artist because we didn't have photographs yet so there was a huge demand for realistic painters to be able to paint so they would you could that was like a real profession like now you go to art school and a lot of us can make a living, but it's not, it's, it's Ugh. such a different way of doing it. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you like tell someone like, Oh, I'm an artist. They're like, Oh, loser. You know, it's they're not, like, What's I, don't, your? I don't think that's, I don't know. It depends. Um, in the back I'm, of their mind, people think that shit. I've never said, so I'm a, I'm a painter. I've painted for 15 years. Our dad's a painter. I'm, I do oil paintings as well. Um, and, uh, I've, n- I've, I've stopped saying I'm an artist. I say I'm a painter or an oil yeah. painter. I just specific with it. Cause I, 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 that, that word has, has just kind of become, I like yeah. to just be specific. You want to know like, what I just do paintings. That's it. I'm not, not labeling I'm not, myself. I just do paintings. This isn't my own like free thought, but I totally buy into it is I think that with automation and a- and artificial intelligence and all that crap, like, growing at the, such an intense rate. <laughs> Dude, I think that there's the going to be a, a huge emphasis on the creative arts in the future. I because God, I hope so. Because it's a human thing that maybe can only be provided by a human. Who knows? Maybe they create something in the future that's, like, well, so realistic. Yeah. Like maybe they create the next 
Beatles via computers. Who knows? But think about well, think about all the jobs that are going to be replaced. Now we're getting all creepy, but think about yeah. all the no, jobs exactly. that are going to be replaced by technology. I thought about this. I'm like, my job. I was told my job was going to be replaced within like five years as an yeah, underwriter. Yeah, so you get these smart. Yeah, I used to be. Underwriter. I used to be a retirement counselor. I used to be a receptionist. That's a bullshit job. You're just letting people in the door <laughs> and like uh, calling no, people. No, hates all the receptionists out. <laughs> no, I, I I did that for two years for. Uh, Anyway, it's it's very boring, and I tell all the receptionists out there, God, I feel you. Just, Jeez, I I man. tried to write a novel when I was a receptionist. I was like, I need to do something with my time, but um, I God, where oh, so there's a lot of jobs that are going to be replaced. So I was when I came into like thinking about a career, I was like, what? I like to think about what jobs won't be replaced, and I have a couple in mind. Winemaker, I could be wrong there. Maybe, but, but yeah, yeah, I think winemaker. It takes a lot of like. The weather was like this this day. We're going to pick grapes this day. It takes a lot of like human sense. of. But also it's very subjective on the palate. It is. Yeah. But I don't think a computer, I, I'm sure they can do it one day. And then the next one I was going to say is, and you might disagree with me. Yeah, all these scientists are like, hold my beer, Emily. Like, <laughs> you think this? Alex yeah, is listening sure. and he's like, we're already doing it. <laughs> um, no. And then the other one I was thinking of, because I worked in restaurants for so yeah. long, cooks. And like mm, the, I don't know. The feeling of still like, but like. In 20 years, when you go to a restaurant, what does that look like? Do you even have a waitress? Check I don't out. think so. Restaurants, here's what they do. They have but some chefs, kind of... dude. They have some kind of, like, pole, um, you know, a large... Da- some kind of data grab where they're like, how much seasoning do people like? And then they they pull, they pull oh. all these people, and then they figure it out, and then boom... Every single time you order that steak, it has the perfect amount of seasoning. It's cooked at the it's perfect cooked temperature. Yeah. It, but there's no love in it, Stuart. There's no, no, there's no love in it. But with music, and I was talking to to Dad about this last night. Like, what's the, I can't think of the word last night, and I can't think of it now. But it it has to do with like something being close to human like, but not quite human enough to the point where it's creepy. And the, like the best thing I can think of is like that State Farm commercial with Chris Paul and James Harden, and they're watching like. And this like fake State Farm agent comes up, and it's oh, like, the, and he's like crying, and I, and I just got the willies from it. I'm like, this is the creepiest fucking commercial. Yeah, it's and too it's close like, to home. It's not it it it's, <laughs> it's kind of human, but not quite to the yeah. to the point where it's creepy. And I think that human art is similar to that. Um, if if I give you computerized art. Maybe it's not creepy. Like maybe it's perfect, and uh, visual art can be more perfect when it's done by a computer. But when it comes to like a human voice, a human guitar player, yeah, like how long have we had synthesizers, and how much do they still suck at sounding like trumpets? Like, yeah. how they much do they still <laughs> suck at sounding like guitars? Like, or listen to Siri's voice. It just makes me yes, insane. Exactly. So I think it doesn't that sound maybe not yeah. in the near future, but in the distant future, there's going to be a real emphasis on human creation and human art, like musicians. Or we'll all just get taken over, <laughs> like <laughs> like that episode of Black over. Mirror. Or it's uh, like uh, like the Back to the Future one that really bums me out. What's the one where they're in the actual because fu- back to the future the first one they go back to like the 50s so that's not the future <laughs> i'm they so go confused to the, oh, they and then go, they go back yeah, to the future the, the actual future they go back to the present actually oh. it's a confusing name <laughs> but then in the second one doesn't they he go, go to, to the, the future, future where like yeah. biff is president they basically have a big, Trump, they have a big old <laughs> big old cliffhanger in the end of back to the future they're dude, like they're oh my god it's not you <laughs> it's your children dude. dun 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 and then 
those Back to the movies, you're like, I wonder if there's going to be a sequel. Those here. movies survive on cliffhangers, oh, though. So like it's great. all like the, they're so great, but like yeah. they almost frustrate me where it's just like, oh, and then this goes wrong, and then it's a cliffhanger, and then this goes, and I just can't. Anyway, um, we got super sidetracked. So we were talking super about sidetracked. Glenn Miller Orchestra, and then we got off about like playing oh, okay music. so sorry so let's go back to davy starting yeah. music so his mom was a musician his grandparents yeah. were in in the God, in big Glenn bands miller Glenn like miller if you're gonna Orchestra. be in a big band that's the fucking big band you want to yeah. be in that's so badass that's like being like our grandparents you know played piano at carnegie carnegie hall or something like that yeah, like it's, it's just like uh it's you can't get that. bigger than glenn miller because he was like uh i guess he was probably like the i don't know uh What's a super big artist right now? I was going to say (laughs) (laughs) the Beyonce. of. He was like the Beyonce (laughs) of everything. The best one I can think about. Um, Tragic death, by the way. Glenn Miller. Not Beyonce. No, no. Um, I don't know how he died. Oh, he died uh, in World War II. He was. Oh, um, I did know he was in World War II. Yeah, he died in World War II. He was. um, And I'm super. I mean, this is just from my memory. I'm not like Googling this or anything. He. He died like he was traveling to the different uh, area uh, to the different uh, theaters of war in Europe. Oh no! And uh, his plane crashed. Plane crash. I think that's what happened. So many yeah. musicians have died in plane crashes. Don't get yeah. into little planes. But yeah. that was actually no, no, a war situation. No, no, it must have been a big. It must have been a big plane. I don't think they got shot down. I think. I mean, I would love to Google this more, but uh, was he serving? Or was he just no? Playing? He was just playing for the troops, oh, kind of like how comedians like will go over and perform for the troops or like country stars. Right, right, right. Yeah. I would do that if you guys want me to come. I'll <laughs> you just let Please me know. Please pay us. Please pay us. <laughs> Please, it'd be fun. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, so so he, he, his parents did all that, and so naturally he, they wanted him to take piano lessons when he was growing up. Piano is where a lot of people start. Um, yeah. It's a great way to learn music theory. Piano. It's absolutely. It's literally music theory yeah, laid out oh, in front of you. It's like yeah, here's all the octaves. Absolutely. Here's the white keys, the sharps and flats, or the black keys. It's yeah. like yeah, it's very. I remember like looking at it and being like, oh my god, I because I, I'm a visual person, so like yeah. lo- trying to understand music theory guitar without is a, a piano, little more abstract than that. Oh, guitar is yeah. super and abstract. And trumpet like is what I started on, so it was like super abstract. It's basically like here are the Pushing notes, buttons. but when you play them, they're just in the air somewhere. So yeah, so just <laughs> play them. You know, I, I started on violin and then trombone and trombone is like you're just kind of moving your but, hand this way and this way my ear got got better is by playing horns but anyway i don't want to digress uh, i want to focus so but yeah so he started with uh piano and uh then eventually picked up guitar and drums he kind of throw those throws those in at the same time which i like Dude. um and then played in bands through high school I and college drums. um and he his mom was a musician so she had a studio that she how badass is that? She had yeah. a, like a. I'm picturing a room. Mom, can I like, use the studio? Mom, can I use the studio <laughs> to record? So she yeah. would record her own music, and then so he always had access to that. He was always around recording gear from like a young like age. It sounds like. Yeah. Um. And well, it so sounds like he picked up recording. So he said, "So I was always around recording gear, and by the time I I uh, was finishing college, I was doing some digital recordings. It's what." pretty much everyone is doing now right but he also started messing around with his mom's four track um and he so started cool. yeah. and as his uh career went on he started using more and more uh different types of recording technologies and, and like i was saying and like i i said earlier i didn't mean to be condescending but his first album uh sounds like a lot of it sounds almost like sketches in a way to me yeah like he's experimenting he ideas yeah yeah they're ideas and they're fully formed. They're finished. 
I get yeah. what you mean, though. Yeah. But they're, but you can tell that they're experiments, and he's like really finding himself in that album. Yeah. And uh, I think that eventually he really started to to master the this uh, technology and the, the these different ideas. So, uh, the, the, like the other thing that I admire about uh, Davey is he talked to me um, on this email, and he said that he kind of just. Every single day he goes in and records something. Oh, like every single day. Yeah. So he has like this blue collar like approach to recording music. Yeah. Which Nine to five, forty I hours a week. I think is admirable. And we talked about Dan Auerbach Dan and Auerbach the same thing in his studio. Yeah. So I he I just clocks in, he records all day, he writes music all day, he yeah. plays music all day, and then he clocks out. Yeah. That's the dream, really. Yeah, that's really the dream. <laughs> that's really the dream. But anyway, we're gonna play another track by him. Um so this one's also off of Shimmy. Let me let me pull it up real quick. But uh, I think it's called Old Windy Reed. Is that true? I I'm totally bad. Like honestly, I am the worst with song titles. Even our own song titles, like Tommy. Even our, our lyrics. Tom's like, what is this song called? I'm like, I think it's called <laughs> Answer Me, but it might be called On the Line occasionally. We've still not landed on that song. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like, would you just give me the name? Yeah, this one's called <laughs> Old Windy Reed. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Um, and the, the thing that kills me in this song, and maybe I could uh, follow up with Davey and ask him, is uh, there's this incredible moment in the very beginning of this song where he goes, and I ramble and he does oh, like he this does falsetto, falsetto part. I, so the first few times, I just assumed that it happened again, and I didn't really think about it. And then, like probably the you know tenth, twelfth time I listened to it, I'm like, does he ever do that falsetto part again? And I listen to the whole song. He just does it once, and it's the best part of the song. And I'm like, man, I would oh. love it if he hit it one more time in the end or something. But regardless, it's a great I always, song. I always wonder with that too, if like yeah, if it, that I, happened when they were recording if he always plays it that way yeah if it if he just went for it and he was like yeah we'll keep that one but then in the in the other ones i'm gonna i'm gonna stay you gotta take risks as a singer dude yeah. i don't enough well i'm a big old sucker you for gotta falsetto take risks. parts yeah you I gotta go that high song with the falsetto part in it um and it makes and the it's song. the best part of the song. It makes the, the song. Part of the song yeah. yeah, and you're like, does the falsetto sound? Yeah. Not you, but in you know the universal yeah. you. I always wonder, does it sound good when I go high there? Just go for it, dude. And we're be, yeah, I love this in song. The, in the in this podcast, we're gonna play some songs from his old albums too. Or sorry, I keep calling uh, Vamps Rants and Boogies an old album. It's technically the same as they came out at the Jimmy, same time, yeah, which is so time, fun. But yeah. But yeah, this one's called Old Windy Reed, and it's off of Shimmy, a 2018 release by Davey and the Chain.
<laughs> Listening to that song, there's so many. Don't you want him to hit the falsetto one more time? I do, but <laughs> it's but it's so it's so um it's so special that he just does it once. Yeah, um, it makes it it makes it it makes you want to rewind the song and listen to it again once it's done. You know what I mean? Exactly. I was yeah. thinking in that song, like there's something about so there's two there's two uh sort of uh song styles that really come to mind, and I and I can't super pinpoint why but there's something kind of um surf rock about it yeah I we, can't we talked about that a is little it bit the earlier. guitar the d d is it like the staccato guitar is it i i don't know what I don't it know, is honestly. but then his voice um when he does that ah turn around do do it sounds like a Ronette song or a yeah. fucking Sherelle well, song a it sounds like 60s girl yeah. pop well, he actually you know? talked about a lot of uh, Girl the groups, artists that what he meant. was inspired by growing up, and um, he said he listened to a lot of like soul music and R and B music yeah, you can and that tell. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find this exact part of the interview where he was talking about that, but um, one thing that I didn't want to mention is his relationship with Doctor Dog, yeah. because I that's how I found him is from that. 
you know, Instagram story I mentioned earlier. And uh, he says he's known them through mutual friends. And, and Needlepoints recorded uh, their second album, uh, Feel Young, at the Dr. Dog Studio, Mount Slippery, which I guess is the Dr. Dog Studio. <laughs> and I, I've seen Dr. Dog, like, recording. And they're in both in Philadelphia? Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're both Philadelphia bands. And I've seen Dr. Dog record um, in their, like, Instagram posts and Facebook posts and YouTube videos. Um, in and I guess that must be Mount Slippery. And uh, Scott McMicken uh, produces the album. He's the uh, singer that's not the bass player in Doctor Dog. Um, oh well, there's two singers in Doctor Dog too. Yeah, yeah, it's a bass player yeah. and then the guitar player. And they're that's both. Scott. They're Scott's both the guitar really. Player. I great actually voices. love the bass player's voice the most. I like know. the uh, um, whoever does. Uh, it turns out cigarettes can't kill you because when you didn't uh, come back. Which song no. is that? I I think <laughs> it's the it's the lower of the two voices. Yeah, he's the not, bass player. Not he the has where the all the time go voice. guy. The yeah, other he has guy. Yeah. So we agree. We like uh, the bass player. I like them the both. I'm not trying to pick. No, favorites, we're not trying to talk but, shit, but yeah. Um, yeah, I like the raspiness of the bass player's voice. But I like the I like Scott the McMicken. Yeah, and he so he produced the album and uh, played parts on uh, a Needle Points record, which is uh, Davy's old band. Needle Points, a and cool they're, band. They're name. actually cool. Um, we we looked them up too while we were you know researching for this podcast and. And they're a cool band too. So if you like the feel of Davy and the Change, you'll like Needlepoints. Needlepoints well. is yeah. And I can't yeah. tell if Davy's singing in Needlepoints, but I, d I, I don't know if it sounds like him. Singing, yeah, we're trying to figure it out. I I would guess no, but if I'm wrong, you yeah. Know, I mean, know. <laughs> we've been we've been wrong before. Yeah, I've been definitely been wrong yeah. before. Oh, you know this is interesting. So so we he's got two albums that came out the same year. So Shimmy. By the way, Shimmy, the album cover, just Google image it right now. It's my favorite album cover <laughs> I've ever seen in my whole life. It's I think that's, that's Davey. So and he's like in a bunch, just picture like somebody in a bunch of different like uh, dance move positions, like scattered throughout the whole front of the album. Um, it looks very doo-woppy. It looks very yeah. 50s. Um, it actually drew me to the yeah to it as and he's well. doing it's a great it's a gorgeous visual and he's doing these like really old school looking little like like you know like grandma and grandpa's dance moves yeah. kind of stuff and yeah. it's it's so it's yeah i was i i just think it's a brilliant i don't know if who helped him design that we didn't ask which which uh like I that black name drop what's him, that black keys music video with the dude dancing in it the whole time lonely boy yeah lonely boy it's that guy yeah it's him no oh it's my not god <laughs> But it's but the it's same style, like of dancing. It's just like it's fifty style yeah. dancing. It's like Elvis moves, right? And yeah. like so, he's he's doing that throughout. The, it's anyway. It's an adorable album cover. Um, but so he says. Um, so Shimmy and the uh, Rants, uh, Vamps, Rants, and Boogies. I feel like I'm in a Doctor Seuss. <laughs> 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 um, it's such a good name, and I want to get it right. Okay. Yeah. So those two albums uh, came out the same year, and he said they came from the same batch of songs that he was writing over a period t of time. Um, and he says that, uh, so let's see, um, at some point in 2017, I chose the more polished pop type songs to be on Shimmy as I was mixing those tunes with Jeff. I'm sorry if I say your last name wrong. Jeff Ziegler. Yeah. He was mixing, Davey was mixing the vamps, rants and boogie songs himself. And those are, as he calls them, the B sides. Mm. And so you can hear a difference with that too. And I think the next song we're going to play is off of. Vamps and yeah. rants and boogies. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to do that one, but I think I think we might uh, close out 
with a, a Vance Ransom boogie. I think we we're gonna do uh do a different song off of uh his first album is what we we're gonna do. Remember we talked about what was it, Big Girl? Big girl? Big girl is on Vamps, big girl? Rants, and Boogies. Really? That's why. I <laughs> yeah, we're going to close out with a song off of um, King of Pockets, but Ramp, Vamp, Big Girl, the song you're talking about, is yeah. on Wait, Am I Wrong? I think you're wrong. Shit. I don't want to call you're you right. out super you're hard, right. but I just want you to you're you know, right. dig your own grave a little <laughs> bit and then just boom, pounce on you. Oh, Lord. I love to. Did we mention we're brother and sister? Yeah. I love to just. No, it's great. Stickler. I love it. Um, so, yeah, but you're right. Big Girl is on his 2014 album, King of Pockets. Yeah, so we're going to play that one really quick. Do you quick. think that means, like, when you say, when you're in a band, when you're in the pocket? King I think of so. Pockets? I feel like it. Otherwise, I'm just picturing somebody with, like, a bunch of pockets <laughs> no. on their outfit, like a gown of pockets. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> other way my brain was going. But I think it means, like, King of Pockets, like, being in the pocket. Like, groove-wise, Being in yeah. the groove. Yeah, that's a musician term. I, I also want oh, to shout out another it. song in this one, <laughs> the uh, Under Skinny Bridge. Um, that and Western Blocks I was listening to yeah. today. Western Blocks is a little more slow. You know, I love the sadder, is it, slower which shit. Is the one and that's, that's which is the one where he's like talking in the middle of it and it sounds like a total Velvet Underground type feel. I think that's Under Skinny Bridge. Could be that one or, yeah. And he, he's like, get on it, drummer. Like, stay, oh. yeah, <laughs> tighten up, drummer. <laughs> tighten and it's up. even funnier, like looking back on it, it's, it's like he's almost talking to himself in it, which is hilarious. But it, it's, it's so it almost has that Velvet Underground like talking, singing, with like yeah. a lot of atmospheric shit in the background feel. Yeah. I but anyway, love that. we're gonna play this one real He's quick. He's a better singer than Lou Reed, though. Yeah. I said it. I yeah. Said oh it. shit. I stand by it. I said it. I stand by it. This one's off King of Pockets, uh, which it's is maybe a guy with a ton of pockets, or maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Or maybe it means he's in the pocket. And this one's called Big Girl.
the vocals yeah i think I so i mean it. that's what he said in this project that he's doing mostly all the vocals and what i love is it kind of harkens back to what we talked about in our last podcast about like having chapters of your life like right he did this chapter where he went to college and he was you know learning music right. uh, not not in college uh um but then did he go to college am i totally making that up this is like this kind of yeah he went throughout high school and college and then he said he lived in Brooklyn for for a bunch of years. So he yeah, lived in he Brooklyn, lived in Brooklyn, for, Brooklyn for five, like five years. years. So for yeah. that chapter and of his life, Philly. he was still playing in bands. And he was he says he was backing up mostly Friends projects and messing around with recordings. And that seems to be like the common right. thread with his life is yeah. he's always recording music. Yeah, he's recording other people's music. And then yeah. he's also doing his own projects, which which ended up focusing in on Davey and the Chains. Um, I... Th- I um, so when I was thinking today, I was reading this interview, and he he says in the beginning, he says, you know, Davy and the Chains is, is basically my solo yeah. project, um, but I have these Philly musicians that come in and they and they play with me live. Yeah, and obviously, um, and they just came through the Bay tours. Area, and I think I missed them because I think oh, I don't was you hate that? No, I think I was in Santa Barbara moving when they were in town. But, but like I was, I was thinking today. Um, would have loved to have about. Yeah, I would love to see that. But I was thinking um, today about his band name, and it's like, well, you know, just like Radio Keys, it sounds like it's maybe a, uh, um, a an actual band yeah. with a lot of people, and it, and it is sometimes. Well, you have him. the and the, but which implies that there's. But <laughs> so he more than he refers, Davey. yeah, he refers to the band. He'll say some people play as the Chains or whatever. He'll he'll refer to that as the band. But I also think of it as like. Davy and the Chains, you can kind of think of it a little like whimsical and like a little more like uh, the Chains being maybe his, the lines of music, his effects. Like there's a lot of ways yeah. you can think about that name or, you know, the sounds that come to him. The well, chains. they often like refer to uh, the uh, the equipment that leads up to the actual, right. you know, thing that's recording as a chain, you know. So that's oh. kind of interesting. So if you were to have, like, let's say my effects pedal or whatever, they'd all be daisy chains. Well, I, what I'm getting at is I think it's a good solo name, too, because the chains doesn't necessarily have to be, it's like a... Um, they don't have to be people. They it doesn't have to be a, a band. Yeah. It can be It can be sort of a little more um, philosophical than that. And like the chain, like I think about songs with chains and it's like chains of love. Yeah. Chains of love. It's like there's a lot of things that chain you down and chain of fools. Chain of f- <laughs> <laughs> the first Aretha Franklin song I ever heard, by the yeah. way, and I was like, "What is this?" Um, but in an amazing way, I was just like floored. But um, yeah, chains. It's I I like I like that. Uh, it's I like that accompaniment to him as a solo artist, Davy and the Chains. Yeah. It can mean 
things besides band yeah. members. And I, I really liked thinking about that today and kind of trying to imagine yeah, how that so, could work. So we saw um, in in his interview, like, he didn't just live in New York City. He also moved to Philly, like we've mentioned a few times. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he's from Philly or not. It doesn't. He doesn't really say. It's hard to he, tell yeah. uh, where he's from. Yeah. But that, I think that's when he really started uh, writing and recording music for the first time was when he moved to Philly in 2010. So... You think about yeah. when you were writing music or when I was writing music, we were doing it uh, as a bunch of chuckleheads. Like, I was doing it back in, like, 2004. And I've been writing music for a long time. And the fact that he's only been writing music and his own music, you know, f- since 2010 is so inspiring to me because yeah. that's only eight years, if you really think about it. And he's yeah. already come out with three albums and Shimmy. It's an incredible album, which it's I don't know why amazing. it's not more popular. It really should be more well, popular. Well, when you played me that first um, song off it, um, I I was like, oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy almost sounds like he's going to be too big for us to even cover. Oh yeah, on this podcast. 100%. She's like, she's like, how many places did he have? It I might was be like, he's too. Yeah, yeah, he's just too too good for lack of a better word i was like not not that the people we cover aren't good that's not what yeah. i mean but it's like he's just oh he's clearly going to be famous like yeah, i listened to that recording I and too. i listened to that 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 uh quality of songwriting and and i was just like yeah. no, he's definitely like up an, there an right unfortunate, he's, yeah no yeah, and he's gotta I, be that's I, why we're doing him i listened to shimmy obsessively um and i unfortunately kind of uh, listened to it a ton while I was leaving Santa Barbara and I was like moving and packing. Oh, so you so associate. I, I kind of associate it with a big sea change in my life, but yeah. that's not the most negative thing because I mean, like he started this project with a big sea change in his life when he was moving, you know, moving to Philly. to Philly. And I don't yeah. know if Philly, like I said, I don't know if he's from there or not, but I mean, I'm from the Bay area and I moved back here. So I don't know. Maybe it's a weird little connection there. Yeah. But yeah, he said he was like, into folk and blues guitar stuff but then when he came to philly he got more into r&b and soul music and he wanted to make beat driven music yeah so beat driven music is like exactly what i think about when i think about um when i think about davy and the chains when i think about needle points his other band that he yeah. was in like their their music is all very beats inspiring like the yeah. first like the most popular song on uh spotify for needle points it straight up sounds like Gary Glitter that uh, da, 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 hey da, yeah. da, 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 da. it has that same beat boom or like some just like like stri- like Donny Hathaway like just straight like gritty soul like I I it's funny listening because I was like okay he's he's using the word boogie a little bit like when I think boogie I think like Cab Calloway I think like. Um, and so I was like, I want to kind of find this I connection think of Charlie Crockett. He always talks boogie. about Boogie Woogie, which is like kind of a... It's the Callaway Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> like Boogie Woogie is definitely a, a feel. Um, and it's yeah. been... It's a or, term um, that's been thrown around in music does, for, uh, you know, generations. But I think that with his move... Louis Jordan. Sorry, that's the other guy I was trying to... He does Blue oh, Light Boogie. Yeah, with his move and with his newfound... Or not newfound, because this is 2010, but... He started listening to more beat-driven music, um, R&B and soul. Um, it makes sense that that this kind of sound came from it. Because if you listen to Shimmy, and I mean, this is eight years later, but it's kind of a culmination of... It's like it's like being a white belt at R&B and, and beat-driven music. Like, when you first start listening to it, it's like you're a white belt. 
And then eight years later, all of a sudden you're a black belt at it. And that's like what yeah. shimmy is for me is like now all of a sudden you're you're you have. And I think he, he has even it. more to go. So oh, 100 percent. Yeah, but, he. But it's a culmination of, you know, eight years of recording music every day, writing music yeah. all the time, playing in playing in the chains um, and also just experimenting recording and other listening people and experimenting yeah. and listening and it's eight years in the making she yeah. means eight years in the making yeah and that doesn't even include all of his history before he started and writing so music good. and shimmy yeah. like shimmy for me is one of the best albums that i've heard come out in 2018 and i listen to a shit ton of music and shimmy is right up there and i mean this guy yeah davey only has like what like 2,000 listeners a month on spotify it's like what Hopefully does this guy can, need to yeah. do to get more listeners? Like there, he's like the people who listen to him know he's good. Yeah, he just has. I I don't know what the next step is to find. I think, and I'm just, I'm maybe just guessing I think here. So what I would guess, and I don't. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What I would guess is the next step would be to find a real a real band, the actual chains, the real chains, not like a rotating cast of members, but yeah. find a real chains and play the shit out of everywhere yeah he's gotta play everywhere but i he's gotta play he's gotta play 200 shows a year and he's got to put himself out to all of these like and i'm not trying to like be like he's not doing enough because he's doing enough in his own world but you have to promote this album like this album is important and what the root of what you're saying is that you want more people to hear it. Absolutely. And I agree with that 100%. because people should hear it. They need to hear um, it. But I also, I get the vibe um, just from his approach to music um, and and what I'm hearing. It's like, I think that he genuinely, he's one of those people, um, and I meet so few of them in the industry that we're in, and that, that just really, they're not trying to do it as a job. They're not trying to do it as like a... Um, because they want to, I don't know, They're be not a guitar s- player. Quote selling out. Yeah, yeah. He just really, I think, needs to play and write and experiment with music. I think he's one of those people that just needs to do the thing. And yeah. and it's not so yeah. much about I want people to hear this thing I'm doing. It's like he, he just to. has so to create. It's like Van Gogh making hundreds of fucking paintings a yeah. year. He would do like three in a day, and he'd paint them all on like. And then he paint over old paintings, and he was just, he had to paint. Yeah. He fucking had to paint. Yeah. Like he just had to do it, and he didn't. Nobody was seeing that shit. Yeah. And I, when I hear somebody like this guy, like Davey, and I, I hear him talk about his music, I'm just like, I think you're just the kind of person that wants to get in the studio, and you, you like wake up and you itch to be in the studio. Yeah. Like you just really want to play music. Yeah. And like, so you're not gonna go, hey, I hope this album is like. I hope this album gets to this many people. I think he just really needs to do it and he's doing it. He's like the most genuine musician in that way. I think so, but at the same time But I agree with you that he, more so people should hear this album. I don't album. think that so his his job should be to be in the studio and to do that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But and, he, and he is. I would love him to find someone to help him maybe to expose his music to more people and I think so we, I asked him also, which I I ask all the artists we talk right. to. I ask, what's on the horizon? Like, what's next? Oh yeah, basically. that's the that's the ending question for any good and interview. And he it's says like, he's working, working on? on writing and recording more music. And I'm like, well, time out, time out. <laughs> you've got this incredible album that just came out, you know, ten minutes ago. Like, yeah, you've got to promote this album. And like, that's two albums technically. Two albums technically, yeah. yeah. But Shimmy is the one. Like, Shimmy is so good. And 
I just want I like I really I really want him to find some some way and and like obviously I'm not an expert at it because our music isn't you know <laughs> getting out there that much but I I think that if he were to find a way to get this album to people yeah. just the more the more common average fan like because we're that's like the whole point of this podcast to be like dive into like the abyss that is Spotify and find these artists that have like 2000 plays. And we, we also, <laughs> two, <laughs> you know, more we than also that, find artists, I think outside of Spotify, but I have been using Spotify a lot recently. Spotify is such a great tool, but Instagram we use yeah. a lot. Um, well, but when we Facebook. started, it was like, you know, the go, the Felice brother. We, yeah. Anyway, we, we, I want to find other ways to find artists. Cause like we talked about in one episode, it's like, it used to be that you just wander around a record store listening to those little fucking pods <laughs> yeah, yeah. and being like, oh, this CD looks cool. And then you scan it and you listen to it and you get, oh, you get like 20 seconds of each song like that. I, I want to just do that as an experiment. Like go back, <laughs> go back and yeah. try to find music that You'd way. Like, this is I brutal. Found, I found a, I found some great, some great artists yeah, that way, of course. you know? And like, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, um, but I, what I'm trying to say, and the main thing I'm trying to say is we I want really people want to people to hear this album. It's it's because it, well it's an important album. It's one of the best albums yeah. I've heard that comes out that came out this year. It's up there with like Lonesome as a Shadow. Yeah, and it's it's up there with a lot of other albums that I hold in that regard. And yeah, and every song on and this it's album, one, is great. It's, it's one apparently of those one guy doing it, which yes. is what always impresses me because like I listen so, to like Nathaniel Rateliff's album and I'm like, this is I a mean, great album as a not, band. Yeah. But he's just—he's not asking me for any advice. But I know. like what I would, what I would wish that he did, and it's not even about like being like advice. It's like what I wish that he would do is find a a steady lineup of musicians that's down to tour and just hit every media outlet possible. Just hit hit everything hard because the product that he created speaks for itself. Like if you were to play this on a station that anyone listens to. They would be like, oh, their ears would perk, and they'd be like, what is this? This is, you know, it's relatable, it's danceable, um, and it, it's just good music. It's really good. And I just, I really think that and he... It's, and it's genuine. Yeah. It's not trying, like I've said a million times about about Davey, I, I don't ever feel like he's trying mm. to get a sound, or he's trying to get, yeah. uh, maybe that's not the right word, I don't ever feel like he's trying to hit a genre, this or he's trying to like hit an audience. Dude. I feel like he's just writing what he needs this to guy write, could what's coming out of him. This guy could 100% open for Dr. Dog on like a U.S. tour. Yeah. On, on like in any tour. That like they already, he already has a relationship with I think with he's them. honestly past that. I think he could. Yeah. He could do his own tour, but. I it, think he it, could do his own tour but I mean, or he Liz, could, I mean, if Liz you know. Cooper, who has like freaking almost 200,000 listeners a month on Spotify, is, is still opening, opening for, for Phosphorescent. Phosphorescent. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, Doctor Dog is massive, and they're are they, such are they a massive? good. T- yes, and they're they're such a good. Um, they're amazing. Network love them, to be a part of, like yeah. he knows Doctor Dog, like, and and the thing is, is Scott uh, McMicken is, he believes in Davey because he produced his album before with his band, yeah. so he believes in him. Yeah. So if you have someone of that status who believes in you you've yeah. got and i'm not saying like take advantage of him because you're not taking advantage of him if you do that you're just sh- you're just showing that you want to it's it's what producing is all about it's like hey i yeah. believe in this yes yeah it's it's exactly yeah exactly. but i think 
I think if Davey takes the right steps, I I really think he's a like a really big breakout candidate in terms of the indie scene. I don't know what you want to call it. The indie scene. Like yeah. he he's so talented. And as we always love to say in this podcast, he's so, so talented. Fucking talented. Yeah, so fucking talented. <laughs> and he That's and our if you have a drinking yeah. game about this podcast, that's what it is. It's every time we say they're so fucking talented. You, we don't have to say fucking either. Like we just say so talented, like that's a drink. We say it sure. a lot. I'm we're just praising I'll, I'll people right here. That's all it. we're doing. That's all we're doing. I wanted to shout out we got a free bottle of wine tonight. Um, oh so, sorry, bow, I say bow, we bow. Tommy got a free bottle of wine from uh a super small local was it Jacob Franklin Cabernet Sauvignon? So it's Jacob Franklin Dude, that wine was in great. Oakville. That was o- great. Oakville is like a mile long. Oakville is the tiniest town. It's y- if you blink, you'll miss it. It's on the way to my house in Santa Elena. Um, and uh, but they're making amazing wine. Anyway, anyway, we got this. Uh, Tommy had a happy customer that gave him that bottle, so we had that, and it was gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. Napa Valley Cab, which went well with our conversations so. yeah no it was it was really good yes i was a, I was a big fan and you know um, you live here long enough you're gonna try some really amazing wines <laughs> well i've here i've lived here on and off for a month and i've tried <laughs> some yeah, amazing i know wines. it's like, like it's just they they fall into our lap a lot like you work in the industry and the thing about wines and i've i've made this parallel this annoying parallel a million times but like wine making making music it's it's a creative thing um and it takes a lot of thought and a lot of passion and all that and then people are people are a lot of talent a lot of just uh like instinct like winemakers have instinct they're like i feel like this is we should pick this now no everyone's saying we shouldn't pick it now but we should pick it now blah blah blah. and like it's just and then they they they'll surprise themselves they go you know i thought i was going to use more merlot in this did we talk about yum yum or yuck on this but no but real quick uh but i uh people the thing about winemakers is they're really proud of their product yeah so yeah it's a hundred dollar bottle of cabernet technically but it's just something they made and they just want to show it to you like when i used to host you know uh when i used to pour for people uh they'd be like oh i have a winery in oregon and we make this cab or whatever you should have a bottle and they just give me a bottle and i'm like cool great thanks i take it home i google it's like a hundred dollar bottle of wine they're just really proud of it they just want you to try it but the just like music they just want you to hear it they just want you to hear it that they worked hard on it and they made it that was a parallel that you're drawing and the parallel that i was trying to have we talked about yum or yuck on this podcast before i think we need to i think it needs to be all right if we if we're repeating ourselves (laughs) apologies but like <laughs> my ex and I uh, went to this winery one time, and this super drunk lady was like, "It was in Oakland, actually. It, so it was familiar. in Oakland. It was that was lady in Oakland, in Oakland at a Urban Dash? Legend. Oh, Urban. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, we love Urban Legend. We go over there, and Emily, <laughs> bless her heart, she was like trying to learn more about the wine. You oh, know? sorry, not me. Yeah, sorry, my ex. Stuart's ex girlfriend is named Emily. She was so trying yeah, to. So she yeah. was trying to learn more about the wine, and uh, this lady goes, "You know." I don't really think about all that. When I try it, it's yum or yuck. And I was like, what the fuck? It's so deeply philosophical. No, I was like, <laughs> I was a little mad at first. I was like, that's I some been mad, bullshit. But then like, I've said it before. I like the novice approach to wine. But check it out. And that's the best approach. That's I like, like it or I don't. That's the most memorable thing I've ever heard <laughs> wine tasting. It's like, do you like it or do you not like it's it? It's yum, yum or yuck. yuck. And music could not be more similar because you play a track and you're listening to it. You're like. Yum or yuck. It's and you're just like, <laughs> this track is yuck. This track <laughs> is yum. So, dude, it's and and stuff like Pandora. I don't 
really use it anymore. I use like Spotify um, now. Um, but it's it'll like I've said about Pandora and it's or sorry, uh, Spotify. And it's how I found a lot of musicians. It's like they'll play your music and then you'll be like cleaning or some shit like I'm usually doing or driving and you don't have time to change it. And it just starts playing shit that it thinks you'll like. So it's kind of hitting you with yeah. some random shit. And I've, and I've heard a lot of new music from that, too. To be I've honest. heard a ton of bands yeah. that I'm like, oh, who is this? Who is this? What yeah. is this? Um, but there's <laughs> there's definitely a factor of like it'll start. And like I'm 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 a singer, so I'm sensitive to and I'm a songwriter. So I'm sensitive to singing and lyrics. And if I don't like it and I don't like I'm not as far as singing goes, it's it's really just taste. It's just taste. Like it's we talked so about it before, subjective. like it's so subjective. It's like, like it's, it's like not it's not you're a good singer, you're a bad singer. It's like basically it's, like it's just Tinder, like but I, for, ooh, uh, I don't I don't like that <laughs> voice and I don't know why, but yeah, I, I can't. It's, it's a swipe left or a swipe right on yeah. like on Tinder. When you see like what someone looks like, you're like yes or no, yes or well, no. It's, it's we like, talked about like John Fogerter before. Yeah, it's like hit or miss or Nathaniel Redliff. It's like some people just don't like his voice and that's fine. Yeah. Um. But so there's that, and then if I if I just hear lyrics that I'm like these are really shallow or whatever i so that's what i'm sensitive to well there's some lyrics some that you're just like god to. damn it really brother like that's <laughs> what you're gonna that's what you're gonna hit me with and <coughs> there's some lyrics that um you can that don't sound genuine for whatever reason i i feel like they don't sound natural they don't sound genuine they sound forced and those I mean, those are like a wolf in sheep's clothing like they just sound, or they don't. Them, they don't match the song. You can see them from a mile away. You're like, dude, yeah. I see what you're doing here. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to be like Feist you right shouldn't. now. You're trying to be like Ben Gibbard right now. So I, I don't know if it was mom or dad who said this to me, or maybe they're quoting somebody bigger. But they, they, I think it was dad, and he said, uh, the thing about good writing, because I, I read a lot. It's like, yeah, the thing about good writing is you, you're not supposed to notice the writing. Yeah. You're just supposed to hear the story, right? Yeah. So when you notice the song, when you like notice the lyrics too much, yeah, that's a problem. It is like a problem. you should just be hearing a story, or you should just be hearing the song, and then the the lyrics are sort of giving you a pathway of where we're going in the song. Is, is this happy yeah. or sad or whatever? And and that's a great way to think about it. I, I, I never really identified it like well, that when before. When I read when I read books, it's like I don't sit here and go if if I'm noticing. The writing, if I'm like, oh, this writer like wanted to leave it on a cliffhanger, and this is like a, I get annoyed if I notice the writing. Does that make sense? No, totally. You shouldn't notice it. It totally makes sense. Uh, we're we're probably gonna wrap this up now. We have a few uh, radio keys things we wanted to point out. Um, by the time this uh, podcast comes out, we would have already played uh, Donkey and Goat. So yeah, thanks to everyone who came out to Donkey and Goat. That's gonna that was. Uh, Probably an incredible um, experience. It was so <laughs> fun, you guys. It we was had so, so fun. much no, we fun. We record this a little earlier, so yeah. Um, we're getting our set together right now, and uh, it's it's really exciting to go back to the. Emily two and I had an awesome rehearsal the we other night. We had a five-hour so rehearsal. Yeah, and it last was so night. fun. I we, went to work we were today. Laughing I was kind of the entire time. We were. I yeah. We uh. So we started out as a two-piece, and now we're a full band family, and it, it that feels right. But to come back to the roots of the two pieces is kind of fun sometimes. So when it's we play something fun. like a winery, it's like, oh, we want you guys as a two piece, and it's like, all right, and we we got to play more shows like this. It's fun, it's yeah, super fun. It's fun. I I love having the big sound of Tom and Alante. I love oh, that. Oh, obviously, yeah. But it's so fun to just. What's really easy about playing with you is that we're. I, d I don't we're think it, up. I don't think it's just that we're brother and sister. I think yeah. there's a little bit of that. We've been playing for ten years. But we've been playing together for ten years, yeah. so it's like we can really just have a really laid back, uh, 
fun not laid back music wise but like yeah. we can just enjoy ourselves during the set like yeah. i'm never like stressed out on stage no, me like it's just like very easy and um so we have a three-hour set we're busting out at a uh, donkey and goat and it's gonna be a lot of old original songs yeah. like we're doing like the shada song and like <laughs> well that would have already happened by the time this comes My out s- like, sorry it already yeah. happened we already played it sorry you guys missed it so um <laughs> or no, made but it so so yeah i'm excited about about doing that and we had a good rehearsal yesterday and then what else is going on um, for we got the the big keys. show is the occurred it's december uh, smileys on december 23rd, 23rd in Bellina, sunday night day before uh, christmas eve and then it's Kamomi in Napa on the 28th. Friday the 28th. Yeah. And I I've been I've been feeling good uh, really good about that gig because I've been talking to locals about the venue and they're like, "Oh, that's a good that's a good nice. gig." So yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to bring some we live in Napa now, so bring the Napa folks out. So it'll be fun. On top of that, we're just still doing the rock and roll review um every week, every Sunday it drops. So uh we're we're talking about doing a little a little um Additional things with the rock and roll review too, where we maybe just have like midweek uh, shorter podcasts where maybe right. we just talk about um, not news necessarily in terms of all music news, but maybe like news w- that would be more within our uh, bandwidth. Like right, well, shorter local bands. Um, yeah. Also, maybe bands that are like we mentioned earlier, more like bands like Nathaniel Rateliff, who are too big to really talk about on on this podcast, but. Maybe we talk about news that has to do with them, right? And stuff or like I, that. I, I, I like my uh, idea. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Of uh, so I, I kind of stole that idea, by the way, from my favorite murder, the podcast I'm obsessed with, because they do minisodes, and I'm like, oh, on Mondays they do a thirty minute, and they do a two hour. So yeah. that's kind of where that came from. But apparently, a lot of I like podcasts, it too. No, I a like lot it of too. podcasts do that. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of I want to throw them a little. Well, credit. Not that you haven't heard of them; they're huge. But um, I, I got an idea. Um, we were talking about my favorite film, which is uh, um, High Fidelity with John Cusack. Also, a book, obviously, and they do a lot of top five stuff. And there's a lot of like them talking about their top five records to play on a Sunday morning, top five uh, songs you'd play yeah. at your own funeral, top five. So we <laughs> might, we I might like do that. a little bit that of that. Would be great. I don't know if people are into that, like. Top five songs to to play, you know, when you're... It it would just be a little more content and kind of keep us in your periphery because, you know, we disappear for a week and then we come back on Sunday. So, yeah. Disappear. Yeah. So, I think we're going to play one more. Um, So, we were going to play a Vamp, Ramps... God damn it. Vamp, Ramps, and Boogies. Vamping, Ranting, and Boogie. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tongue twister. I and I'm not the best at English in general. So my, so. <laughs> I can say my favorite song on the off this album, but I don't know if that's what you want to play or you want to play something else. No, let's play it. I my favorite song that I I was listening to a lot of uh, just Davy and the Chains today, and it was such a fun uh, headspace to get into because, like I said, he's very eclectic. Uh, he goes to a lot of different places, but he it's he, it's always got a good beat behind it, and like I feel like I'm in his brain a little wanna bit. Want to know what it reminds me of? Um, mm especially vamps rants and boogies yeah is it reminds me of like those uh james brown songs where there's a lot of music but then it's just james brown being like oh get on up no yeah and like it's like the the vocals or the lyrics are uh, total afterthought and there's a ton of uh exactly the meters is the meters never have oh the meters they they don't never have vocals sometimes they'll go 
or they like yell or something, but they don't really have it's it's about the music and like we said before, he starts writing a song. He, he will sometimes start writing songs on drums or something, and so he's really building a song, like building blocks, like he's building a song like drums, and then and he's recording everything, which I think is just so amazing. He's like a little yeah, you know, it's like a Dave Grohl thing. So which song are we doing, Em? I like my favorite song, and I don't know why I can't say why, but my favorite song on Vamps Rants and Boogies is uh, Down the Shore. All right, vamps, rants, and boogies. <laughs> They're doing down on the shore. Uh, we're Radio Keys with a rock and roll r- review. We're going to keep searching for that sweet soul music. <laughs> 